Hello and welcome to the Three Pints Betting Podcast with myself, James, from the Betting Desk and Tom Love from We Love Betting Gold. Just the two of us today. Uh, Jerry can't make the recording this evening. So just the two two of us walking through our best bets of the weekend. Tom, how are you, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, decent enough weekend last weekend for me. I think it's three out of five. Um, yeah, hope, hopefully more the same this week. Try to build on that. Uh, it's been a... A decent start, I think, and um, really appreciate everyone who has tuned in to listen because, uh, yeah, it, it kind of gives us the uh, the the boost to kind of carry on doing these things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's been, you know, Jerry's also posted some some bets up that, that have won uh, on the podcast. Uh, myself, not quite so good, you know, last week, but hopefully, uh, you know, the research will pay off uh, and we crack on. Um, so, Tom, what have you got for this weekend? Yeah, so I'm going I'm to change it up a, a little bit this weekend. Um, I've got one bet in France, uh, one in Spain, and then a couple in the EFL. So I'm branching out to Spain this weekend rather than just staying in France for a couple. Um, but I will start with my French bet, um, which actually involves Paris Saint-Germain. They're at home against Montpellier this weekend, which I think is going to be a great game. Uh, Montpellier, massive, um, massive fans of them last season. I've mentioned them uh, probably both weeks on this podcast because they're a team that uh, I tend to get right, which is always a good sign. So the bet that I'm taking here is both teams to score, which is even money with Betway. I think that's a, a cracking price because even though Montpellier, they've lost Andy Delors, they've lost Gaetan Laborde, They've both gone to divisional rivals, but their process remains exactly the same. Um, even though they lost their manager, Michel Desacadayan, who went to Brest, um, they've got Olivier Delalio, who has come down from Brest, and he's a very similar manager, um, very attack-minded, and just focusing on playing entertaining football and creating good chances. Um so, yeah, I think Montpellier can score against PSG here. They've actually scored in every game this season, seven out of seven. And they've scored two or more in five of seven, which is a great effort considering um, they have lost a couple of key men. But they have brought in uh, Valérie Germain for Marseille, which is a, a, nice, a nice signing, someone who knows the league very well, someone who scored plenty as well throughout his time in this league but it didn't really work for him at Marseille um, but I think that in a team that creates chances like Montpellier do I think he could thrive uh, but they've still got Teji Savanier, uh, Stefan Mavadidi, Eli Wahi up front they've got plenty of options in forward areas and I think on the break with the pace of Mavadidi and Wahi and the creativity, creativity of Savanier, I think that Given how how kind of attack-minded PSG are, um, they're going to leave gaps at the back this season. If you look at Neymar, Messi, Mbappe, uh, Di Maria, they don't always track their track their runners going back. And even the wing-backs like Hakimi, really good going forward, but um, there's always space to be exploited. And Mavadidi down that left could exploit that uh, space that Ashraf Hakimi will leave. So, yeah, I think that Montpellier can bag, um, but obviously PSG 
they're short enough to score in this game. So it, it's pretty much a bet on Montpellier simply to score, which is something they've done in every game. Both teams have scores landed in six of seven Montpellier games too this season. I mean, their defence is a bit of an issue. It was last year. Signed Mamadou Sako from Palace. And I've got to be honest, he, he's been caught out of position quite a lot. He doesn't look like he's, he's bang on it. And um, their old, reliable 40-year-old captain Hilton retired in the summer. So they're, they're a bit light at the back. Um, but yeah, PSG, they've only kept uh, two clean sheets in the eight competitive games this season, conceded at Mets, conceded at Bruges recently. But I, I think that they, they've got to put on a show for the fans because they're going to be expecting so much. And that's just going to leave gaps at the back. They're conceding 11 shots per game this season, PSG, which is a real surprise. Um, but Montpellier actually averaging 13.3. So any kind of shot, shot markets in this game uh, once they go live, have a look at Montpellier. If you're getting kind of 10, 11, 12 Montpellier shots at decent prices, that could be something to, to be of interest because it is a generous line. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just going to take the straight up both teams to score here. I think it'll be a goal-filled game and I can't believe it's even money. Um, there's, there's around four to five with most bookmakers, so Betway there at evens looks like a, a really big price. Um, so that's my bet in France. I'm going to head to Vallecas, uh, the south, south area of Madrid, uh, Rayo Vallecano, take on Cadiz this weekend in La Liga. And I'm, I'm actually siding with the away side here, Cadiz. Um, it's more of a price-based thing because uh, I'll, I kind of look through all of the games um, on a weekend, on a Thursday, and I won't even look at the prices. I'll just look at the fixtures and I'll write down what I think the prices would be off the top of my head. And I had this one down as Rayo Vallecano around even money, uh, maybe a shade of odds on. So I was shocked to see them priced up at around 4-7 to seven to win this game, around 1.57 in decimals, which is mighty short, um, considering they've, there was literally a Segunda team last season. They've only come up this year. I mean, they've had a decent start to the season, to be fair. Um, they got a late winner from Il Tigre, Radamel Falcao, who's made a, a big transfer to go to Vallecano. Um, they, need, they needed a striker because they didn't really have a recognised striker fit after they lost Raul de Tomas uh, a couple of years ago now to Espanyol. They've never really replaced him. But he got a late winner at the San Mamez against Bilbao. But they, they have had quite an easy running in the games that they've got a result from. Uh, I mean, if you look at the games that they've lost, Sevilla and Sociedad, um, They've kind of done what's kind of expected of them, to be honest. And it's one of them, um, when you get promoted, you do have that kind of feel-good factor. Um, But I expect them to kind of regress a little bit. And um, although I'm not massively sold on Cadiz this season, I think they'll be in a bit of a relegation battle. Um, I'm happy to take them here on the Asian Handicap with a plus one start at 1.85 with Bet365. Now, this basically means you'd need 
Cadiz to lose by two or more goals for this bet to not land. Um, well, for your bet to lose, I should say. I mean, if they lose by one goal, at least we get the insurance of our money back. If they can avoid defeat, then we get paid out at 1.85. So it's always worth looking at these Asian lines and um, that that looks wrong to me. Um, I'd make it uh, just a, a half-ball game. So two ticks away from what I expected. Um, there, there are mitigating factors for this. I mean, Cadiz, they play, as we're recording, uh, Thursday night, whereas Vaikano played on Tuesday, um, which, which is an obvious advantage, um, but I think that's too heavily factored into the price here. Um, Cadiz, they've not got any kind of major players, a, f- a few that you might have heard of in Florian Andone, who played for Brighton, and Alvaro Negredo, who's getting on a bit, who was at Man City a couple of years ago. Um, but they're, they're kind of built on a solid foundation, two, two banks of four, really, a lot of the time, and very dogged, obdurate opponent who likes to play on the fine margins. And when you get a team that are like that, then if you're getting them with a plus one start against pretty average opponents, I'm going to be all over that. So, yeah, um, away from home, they've actually drawn at Betis and they won at Celta Vigo last time out, which is a two decent results against teams that I rank higher than Rio. And uh, if you just look at the underlying performance data, although Cadiz have been relatively poor, they've not been battered in any games. And the, there's only been two games when Rio have won the XG battle by more than one. Uh, that was away at Levante, who aren't a very good defensive side, and a home game against Hatafe, who were kind of right down there this season. So, yeah, I really like this bet. Cadiz plus one on the Asian handicap. I wouldn't be surprised if this ends all square. Uh, but if Rayo do win, we get our money back, which is a, a really nice kind of insurance layer, um, which, which is something we're always happy to get on side. So, yeah, my bet there is Cadiz plus one on the Asian handicap at 1.85 with Bet365. Cheers, John. Thank you. Two very detailed appraisals there. Um, I'm going to dip into the Premier League now. Uh, I'm going to Watford and Newcastle, both teams to score. Uh, about 10 to 11 uh, at the moment on the market. Um, I think Steve Bruce gets a, quite a lot of unfair stick. I know the Newcastle fans won't be pleased uh, to hear me say that, but uh, he hasn't actually done too badly, uh, in, in my view. Um, although, if you look at his last 40 matches, uh, they've only kept clean sheets in six. Uh, Palace, Everton, West Brom, Sheffield United, Fulham, uh, you know, three of those sides are no longer in the Premier League. So it sort of shows you the sort of uh, difficulty that they do have at the back. Um, but overall, I think Bruce has probably realised that the, the fans won't let him sort of play sort of negative football, which I felt he was doing quite a bit, especially last season uh, when there was no fans due to COVID. I think he's realised that he's got to get his sides playing a bit more attacking open football. I also think maybe Wilson and Sam Maximum coming back in fit towards the end of last season that allowed him to do that. Um, so away, last 22, just the five clean sheets. But if you look at the underlying metrics of those five, uh, Fulham, uh, they won 2-0, but they conceded 0.97 xG. West Brom, 0-0, but they conceded 1.88 xG. Everton conceded 1.21. Palace, 1.91. And West Ham at the start of last season, 
1.7 xG. So even the games they aren't conceding goals, maybe they you know they've been a tad fortunate if you look at that. It's an average of 1.39 xG over, over those five games. Um, you know where they maybe should have not kept a clean sheet. I say Bruce is under more pressure to play open football. You look at attacking wise, they actually haven't done too badly this season. Uh, currently got ranked seventh for xG at 1.26. Then defensively, I've got them the second worst team, at 1.96 uh, expected goals against. Uh, second most conceded shots on target. Uh, third for shots in the box on target as well. And only five sides are conceded more touches in their own penalty area than Newcastle. Um, still no Wilson. I think he's going to be injured for this game. So it will be set maximum on top. I thought he was excellent against Leeds. Uh, I think he, he pace and his power really uh, causes opposing teams issues. It also probably, Bruce will start with Joe Linton, Willock, Almiron, uh, Fraser and Murphy may come on. That's quite an attacking lineup, I think. And, and sometimes, like you say, I think he gets a bit of a you know, bad, you know, unfair stick. You know, Richie uh, probably starts one of the wing backs as well. Again, quite an attacking um, a, a player. So if you look at how Newcastle set themselves up and how they've been over the last sort of, you know, 20, 30, 40 games under Bruce, both teams have scored naturally should land more often than not. At 10 to 11, I think this is quite a big, quite a decent price. Um, Newcastle defensively, if you look at how they've performed, you know, they conceded 16 shots to Leeds, 18 to Man United, 23 to Southampton, 17 to, to, to West Ham. It's an awful lot of shots to be conceded. And whilst Watford maybe aren't the best size, um, I do think that they've got some pace that will cause Newcastle problems. Uh, King is slowly getting you know, back up to speed, maybe how he was at Bournemouth before he went to Everton. Sars always a dangerous player, um, was brilliant against Norwich, and Dennis has got quite a bit of pace. Um, you know, again, you know they've conceded a number of shots and shots on target uh, and XG when they've played. But this bet for me is all about Newcastle, how they're going to set up, how they're going to come into the game. And I think they will be quite open and will be quite attacking. If you watch the Leeds match at the weekend, you'll see how they were. I mean, how the game didn't have more goals is beyond me. The first half in particular was just a basketball match. It was attack offence, attack defence. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm quite liking this bet. You know, I, I think whilst what when you look at their home statistics isn't great, only 0.8 XG at home this season. Um but I think playing Newcastle is a very different proposition and Newcastle will give them chances. Um, and I can't see if, if Bruce lines up with Sat Maximum on top, with Joe Linton, Willock Amor, I think they'll also cause more positions. So both teams just naturally seems to be the bet for me on this game. Uh, at 10 to 11, I think that's quite a good price. Tom, do you want to jump in with your EFL bets? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, I, I do think Watford are a bit short in that game. Um, I've got a, a bet actually that I've already put out on the, the WLB Gold channel for that game. Uh, so yeah, expecting that to be quite an entertaining encounter. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick out two bets here. Starting in League Two, actually. Um, team that uh, I've been quite impressed with this season and I did expect them to be going pretty well, mainly because they've got probably the best manager in the league, I think, in Kenny Jacket. That's Leighton Orient. They're at home against Mansfield this weekend. And the bet that I like here, I don't mind the Orient to win, 
but I'm actually just going to take Leighton Orient to score two or more goals at five to four with Skybet, which I think is quite a nice price. Um, yeah, I just think at home, I think they'll be a really good home side this season. Um, I, I watched them uh, play Bradford when we were doing pretty well. They they looked so kind of well set up under jacket. They attacked well. They got good crosses into the box and. I think that's what um, this Mansfield side kind of struggle with, um, kind of set pieces, and they've just really struggled to defend at all. It's not something that you associate with a, a team managed by Nigel Clough, usually very defence-minded, kind of keeping zeros and ones at the back. But they've been terrible this season, and I do wonder if um, Nigel Clough is, is kind of, the way that he manages, the way that he comes out and, criticises his players, it's very fair, it's honest, but it's not working, so I'm surprised he's not kind of trying to give them a bit more encouragement since all this berating them has not not uh, kind of seen any upturn in defensive output, so yeah, I think that their, their away form as well has kind of caused a bit of concern for me, um, but it, it, even kind of at home, they, they conceded three against Bradford, where they looked really shaky at the back, especially on the break uh, and in the air. And there's a lack of numbers at the back for Mansfield at the minute. Uh, James Perch, their captain, probably the best defender, very experienced uh, operator. He's out for a while now. Uh, I know they brought in two two loanees, one from Burnley, I think, and one from Stoke. Um, Nati, who came in on loan, kind of got torn a new one uh, in the last game, and yeah, they're they're not a they're not a side that I want to kind of back to keep any clean sheets at the minute. And the their opponents here in Orient, uh, four wins in the last five, they scored two or more in all four of those wins. At home, they've won three of four, scoring two or more in all of those as well. So even though they've got a solid base about them, I think the threats are, are in the final third. I mean, a lot a lot of clubs will be jealous of the embarrassment of riches that the O's have up front. Um, the likes of Aaron Drinnen, who's come in from Ipswich. Rul Sotiriu, who's a player that I uh, actually backed last year. A big price for top scorer. Uh, I think he got injured and was a bit out of favour. But he's a real talent. He's someone that you're going to hear a lot more of in the last in the next couple of years. Um, Theo Archibald has been great, and the main man up front is Harry Smith, who was another player actually back two years ago when he was at Northampton, uh, about 150 to one, for top scorer. But he didn't really get a look in there. Uh, he did well at Macclesfield before that, but it was a very defensive team there at Northampton. But Kenny Jackett's playing to his strengths and he's been on fire, scoring pretty much every week. Big lad, about six foot four, maybe even bigger than that, but he's winning everything in the air. And I think he's going to have a real good partnership with Soteria Wadrinen, whoever's up front, very lively players playing off of him. But it's mainly down to the, the wing-backs in Tom James, who was excellent um, the last game. And Connor Wood, who I know from his time at Bradford, uh, was probably the best crosser of the ball in the league. 
So when you've got Wood on that side, crossing them in to Harry Smith, that's going to be a real lethal partnership, I think, this season. And I look at that inexperienced Mansfield backline and I can't see them keeping tabs on, on Smith. And even if they do, the, the players that are around him are going to cause plenty of problems. So, yeah, the the second bet that I've got in this is Harry Smith to score any time. It's 6-4 to four with Betfair. He's top five in terms of player XG this season for um, players who've played 400 or more minutes, which is decent going. It's showing that he's getting in good areas. Um, he, he's scored a couple of close-range headers, but he's also fired a couple in from range as well. So a player that I think will go really well under Jacket, um, I think you can really smell blood with this Mansfield defence. This is a Mansfield team that have lost five of the last six in all comps. Uh, conceded three or more goals in three of those five losses. So, yeah, Clough's talked about um, that he, he was after a couple of defenders in the window, didn't manage to get them. Uh, they went into League One. So, yeah, he's not happy with that. And... Um, I think Leighton Orient are a great price here. I think Mansfield, they might score, but um, I'm backing them to outscore them here. So I'm just going to take Leighton Orient to score two or more goals. That's five to four. I'm going to take Harry Smith to score any time at six to four. You might want to double them if you can get another above two to one. It, it could be something of interest. And um, yeah, finally, I'm just going to go into League One. Um, couple of bets here, a couple of goal-based players. I'll be relatively brief with these ones because um, a team that I've, I've backed time and again kind of for goals is, is Markham. Last season under Derek Adams, this season they've done really well, uh, acclimatised to League One perfectly. And I think uh, massive credit to Stephen Robinson, the manager there, who's did a really good job in terms of recruitment. Um, I was... I'm probably more impressed by Markham's recruitment relative to anyone else in the league. But they did some great, great stuff. Obviously, a bit more money has been pumped in there. And um, they've got good attacking threats. Uh, kept hold of Cole Stockton, who's been a revelation again this season. Stepped up. Uh, Arthur Nahola scored against Crew midweek. And he's a lively player. And players like Alfie McCalmont, who thought would be a, a guaranteed start. Can't even get in the team. So it's showing that there's good competition for places there. Um, and them at home here against Accrington Stanley. Uh, it's two teams that have overachieved. Um, I think it's fair to say. And really, given the strength of League One this year, I think that these kind of games where they're up against each other, um, they'll just both go for the win. Um I can't see them both settling for a draw. And uh, Accrington themselves have been really good value going forward. Even though the two strikers in Colby Bishop and um, the other lad, I forget his name now, uh, who plays up front with him, they've not really been firing themselves, but they've still managed to pop up with a few goals with Accrington. And I think they can play the part in a very entertaining game. Yeah, and yeah, it's kind of a relatively rare winnable game in this really strong league. So Markham coming in off this a decent three-one win against Crew last time out, and they did have a four-three loss, a ding-dong game against AFC Wimbledon recently. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if this game ends up in something similar to that. Um, so my two bets here, I'm going to take over 2.5 goals at 11 to 10 with Betfair, which I think is a, a nice price. I was surprised that was odds against. And I'm also going to have a, a smaller stake, probably about um, 20% of the stake on over 4.5 goals at 8 to 1 with Bet Victor. Because I, I just can see Markham games, they were lively last season. Still think they're going to be lively this season. It'll be a good atmosphere, a bit of a local derby, you could say. And yeah, both teams will fancy the chances of winning. So I'm expecting goals at both ends, both teams to score. Yeah, that's a nice bet at 10 to 11. But I'm just going to take the over 2.5 at 11 to 10 and a little tick on over 4.5 goals in case it rarely does go off. That's a, a big 8 to 1 with Bet Victor. That over four and a half goals was a cracking bit. I might, have a, I might be back. <laughs> um, I'm going to dip into the championship bit and I'm going to look at Bournemouth versus Luton and I'm going to look at over two and a half goals at 10 to 11. On face value, it, it may not seem the best of bets when you consider that Bournemouth are now top uh, 1-5, drawn 3, haven't lost a game yet against a side that sort of sits 13th. So we're looking at first versus 13th on a league basis. Um, but Bournemouth have seen over two and a half goals in all of their home games and have conceded in three of them. Um, but a little look, sort of, you know, almost under the bonnet, really, you can see that whilst they're scoring, you know, scored nine conceded five, which is an average of three and a half a game, they've got an you know, expected goals against of just 0.84. So, again, you know, you may question the bet, but QPR generated 1.46 at XG and Bournemouth lost that game. Black Ball scored twice, generated 2.26. They lost the game on XG as well. And West Brom generated 1.28 XG. Um, that XG of the average of 0.84 is massively swung by a 0.06 XG generated by Barnsley when they played there. So you sort of subtract that from the average and suddenly, you know, doesn't Bournemouth don't look quite as sound as, as maybe at first glance you think they would be. Um at home, you know, I think that'd be great. You know, Parker's done a great job. Solanke, Brooks, Anthony, uh, Roger, Christie, Lowe, they've got lots of different attacking options. Uh, no prize to see that they're top of the shots on on target from in the box. Um, but again, defensively, they sit, you know, the third highest shots on target from inside the box, with only Blackpool and Hull have a worse record at home uh, this season than, than the Cherries. So it looks good on it looks good at first glance, but actually, you know, you, you delve a bit deeper and maybe you see that Bournemouth don't look quite as sound at the back as, as you'd first imagine to be. Luton, uh, Nathan Jones is back there for a second spell. Uh, away, 1-10, drawn four, lost 13. So they're conceding a goal almost, a goal a game. Uh, and whilst I think they're, they're going to be good, you know, they've got a third highest away XG uh, in, in the championship. Uh, defensively not so clever, conceded uh, just sorry nine clean sheets in the last 34 matches. Um, you know, last season, you know, mainly Barnsley, Preston, Forest, you know, Birmingham, Coventry, side that generally struggled last season. Uh, look at last season again, just two clean sheets against top half away. Uh, so again, you know, against the better sides, they have struggled. Guys scored three and seven, three, three and seven games. Uh, Mendez Gomez, uh, Tom, who you will know about from the Morecambe days when you backed Morecambe last season. So they've got plenty of attacking options, I think. 
Um, you know, they've also now, you know, last seven games, away games over the end of last season, start of this season, five of the seven have gone over two and a half. I do think Luton will get on the score sheet. Uh, I think Bournemouth will win the game. Um, but just looking at, at those underlying statistics and metrics for Bournemouth, I, I don't think they're defensively sound. Uh, I think Scott Park will set him up to attack. I think he'll play lots of his attacking options, um, but they will be exposed at the back. And I, I think you can see that from the teams they've played. I watched the QPR match. QPR dominated that game for, for, for the first 20 minutes until they made a defensive howler. Uh, and then the game swung. Had that not happened, I think QPR would have you know, gone on maybe to, to take something from that game. Um, I do think that they're, they're not great defensively. So over two and a half goals looks a decent bet to me there. Then you jump onto a finite game. I'm going to take Coventry uh, at 0.75 Asian handicap. Uh, get about five to six at Betway at the moment. Coventry going great guns. Uh, I think Mark Robbins has done a great job. Uh, and if you look at their home sort of underlying metrics, first for goal ratio, first for shots in the box ratio, fourth for shots in the box, uh, fourth for touching the opposition box. It goes on and on and on. I'm not going to bore the listeners with this, but they look a great side at home. Uh, one for haven't lost the game, conceded just two goals. Um, in my sort of ratings, I have them third uh, on sort of ratio metrics. Um, they look a side that, that will support... I think the surprise is starting to wear off, but I think they'll be really good this season. They play Peterborough, who I feel a bit sorry for. You know, I thought they'd do a bit better than they are. Um, and in comparison to where I've just talked about, Coventry line performances, posh art, chalk and cheese, just 0.8 XG uh, away from home. That's the 19th. 23rd for XG against. They conceded 3.3 goals away. Uh, 23rd for shots taken, 23rd for shots conceded. Uh, only one other side concedes more shots than them. Shots on target, only one side concedes more. You know, go on and on. Basically, they sit 23rd or 24th for every metric that I look at. Um, you know, I have them third bottom um, on, on expected points uh, away from, uh, you know, in total. Um, not only that, they've got a massive injury crisis now. Jack Marriott's out for six months, Jack Taylor's out, Mark Beavers is out, Joe Randall's out, uh, and Clark Harris has been suspended today for four other games. So they haven't got a recognised striker. Mm. Uh, I think Ferguson's starting to feel the pressure now. Some of his comments this week, he's talking about you know how unfortunate the injuries have been. I haven't seen injury worse than that in my whole career. That doesn't sound like a manager that's going to be able to maybe deal with some of this. I think he's looking to blame the gods or whatever that, that things aren't going his way. They look aside, you know, that, that are going to concede goals given those metrics I've just talked you through. And without having anyone, you know, to score for them, uh, I think is, you know, it is is an issue. They've got Dembele and, they, and they've got um, the lad of their son from culture whose name escapes me now. So they have got some options. Um, but you look at the Coventry squad, they're pretty much a full-strength squad. Cameron Hare has done well this season, but hasn't done well. Uh, and Victor Goyes, who's got five goals in eight games since signing from Brighton, looks a real good prospect up front for them. Martin Waghorn is experienced in, in this division. So Robbins has created a good squad with good experience, got pace. Uh, I think Coventry could go well this season. Uh, Coventry on a straight win isn't quite strong enough for me, but 0.75 Asian handicap. So we'll make profit if they win the game. Um, I think that's a great bet at five to six. 
with, with, with Betway. Yeah, I, re- I really like that, actually. I, I was looking at trying to get commentary outside, and I think that Mark Robbins still doesn't get enough credit. Um, I think he's an exceptional manager wherever he's been. He's just done such a, a clever job, hasn't he? I, I think that, they're, they're, I mean, if you look at the strength of the league again, you wouldn't expect Coventry to be up there kind of third in terms of shots. And yeah, I think the the fact they're back at the Rico is a big boost and they're, they're really kind of feeding off that, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they just look good. And, and, you know, when I do see them, they've got plenty of pace. And they, you know, they've got a threat yeah. at them. Um, you know, you're, you're quite right, you know, Tom. You know, you wouldn't expect, you know, Coventry to be sat alongside Bournemouth, Fulham, you know, West Brom. And then it's Coventry. Uh, they've got 16 points. They're two points off the top, haven't played eight games. You know, most people say the league table doesn't take you know, shape until 10 games. They're going to be there or thereabouts after 10 games. Therefore, they have to be considered as a as a, as a prospect this season. Um, so I feel sorry for the posh fans. I think, you know, their season looks, it's going to be a massive struggle for them. You know, injuries and suspensions hasn't helped, but um, I can't see Coventry not winning that game quite comfortably. I think yeah. I think it'll be a hard well, game, but I, I think they'll win it quite comfortably. Yeah, well, I was just thinking, like, did, did Peterborough have a, a kind of a like-for-like replacement for a Johnson Clark Harris? And they, they just don't. They've got a lot of kind of nippy, kind of fast strikers, but no one who's kind of like you, you could just see them just lumping balls up. If if Coventry press them quite high, um, and they're trying to get an out ball. There's not really going to be anyone up there for Peterborough. So, yeah, I can see kind of one-way pressure. That's a nice way to get them on side with a with a point seven five. Yeah, I think I think I think it's uh, one of my bets the weekend. Uh, you know, it's Friday night, um, mm. so, so so people just need to be aware of that. But yeah, I think that looks a, looks a good bet. Uh, have you got a long shot for me, Tom? Yeah, I have. We're bringing back the long shots. Come on, I mean. We, we've we've had people clamouring for this, so uh, I, I'm more than happy to chuck in a long shot every week. And it's kind of a bet that you want to be a four to one or bigger, I guess. And I'm I'm going to actually go to the correct score market uh, for a game in League Two. And I'm going to take Salford to beat Northampton one nil at six to one with Bet Victor. Um, I appreciate it's not a huge price. For a correct score, but um, I've, I've looked at the kind of data, and Northampton have done precious little this season in terms of uh, going forward. They've been very kind of defensive, They've, especially away from home. Their MO is just to shut up shop and try get a point a lot of the time. So I, I think when you look at the managers as well, John Brady with them. They'll always be competitive. I don't think they'll ever get battered, Northampton. Uh, and then on the other side, you've got Gary Boyer, who I've had the displeasure of watching his Bradford City side uh, for a year or so play very defensive, quite dour football. Um, but ultimately, he did get the results when he needed to against the teams that you expect, uh, especially at home. You'd, you'd be winning them games 1-0 a lot of the time. And I think if you look at um, Northampton this season, I think two of their away games they've lost by this scoreline. And I, I went to Salford um, 
to watch Bradford. Um, we lost 1-0 in the last minute to them. And it was a, a very low margin game. Uh, nothing in it, really. And they just nicked it at the end on, on a set piece. And I could see something similar here. I just think the extra quality going forward is with Salford. Um, they, they've won one nil plenty of times last season as well. So, yeah, I, I can see this kind of being a very low-margin game, a low-XG game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's nil-nil at half-time and kind of Salford, Ian Henderson, someone like that, who's not really had a great start to the season, but how many times have you seen Ian Henderson pop up with a winning goal in League 2? Uh, plenty of times, and... I'd, I reckon 1-0 Salford, Ian Henderson penalty is what we're going to see here. Um, not sure if you can put that into a multi, probably not. But uh, instead, I'll just take the uh, the 1-0 correct score, 6-1 for Salford. Um, I think they'll just about nick quite a poor game. Nice. Uh, on my long shot, I'm going to go uh, Wimbledon to beat Shrewsbury and both teams to score. Nine to two or five and a half uh, to one. Uh, Wimbledon look look a half decent side. They've carried on from last season. And the Robinson uh, one three drawn three lost two. Both teams to score has landed in six of their eight. Um, but it's quite an energetic young squad. Uh, I saw them. I've seen them live uh, this season. Um, they're not not hugely mobile, but what they are really good. What really impressed me was their ability around set pieces. Um, Nightingale, Oli Palmer, uh, Hegan at the back, you know, everything's directed generally to, to those three uh, and they cause issues. Um, they're not brilliant at the back, 1.14 XG against, um, so they can be got at. Um, and you look at Shrewsbury, they've started the season poorly, uh, 1 1, drawn 2, lost 5, but their underlying metrics isn't quite as bad as, as that you expect for a side that's only picked up. You know, one win and a couple of draws all season. Uh, I had a quick look earlier on, and their metrics seemed to sort of put them round about, you know, just you know, just under halfway. Uh, they're picking up. You know, they've drawn the last couple of games. I think Cottrell's a manager that will probably get it right. I think it's going to be particularly exciting under him. Um, they conceded 1.2 xg against, you know, the game. They conceded all eight. So you expect Wimbledon to score here, but I think I think the Shrews will, will get on the score sheet. Um, and suddenly, you know, with Wimbledon, you know, 75% of their games have seen both teams to score, 75% have seen over two and a half goals, and jointly between these two sides, home and away, 63% of their games have seen both teams to score. So I am expecting goals. I do think Wimbledon uh, will go on to win the game, and I do think, you know, the set pieces will be key for them. I'm not sure that the shoes will be good enough to keep them out. Um so therefore, both teams to score and you know Wimbledon to win at nine to two looks quite a big price to me, um, and that's going to be my long shot for the weekend. All right, guys, that's wrapped us up for an, another podcast uh, from the Three Points. Um, we'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening, and good luck with your bets.